Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. To help prepare all of you listeners for the NCAA Round of 16 and home stretch of the 2021 college tennis season, what we're attempting to do here at Crack Rackets is speak with each of the remaining 32 head coaches of the NCAA Division I event. That means 16 men's coaches, 16 women's coaches, all over the next few days on this Cracked Interviews podcast. Now, without further ado, Let's get to another one of our conversations with the many outstanding head coaches still alive in the 2021 NCAA Tennis Tournament. Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. Joining us on the show now, a first-time appearance for him on our Cracked Rackets podcast in his 21st, 27th, I've lost track, season with Texas A&M. I do know his sixth at the helm as the head coach of the women's program. It is Coach Mark Weaver. Coach, welcome to the show. Congratulations on reaching the round of 16. How are you feeling? Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate you having me on here. But uh, yeah, the Aggies are feeling pretty good right now, so it's always uh, nice making it to the Sweet 16. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a separation of how good your season went there. So, uh, yeah, feeling pretty good about things right now. Absolutely. And for you guys, I believe the number 10 seed, but you weren't selected as one of the host sites. You had to go on the road to Northwestern. You guys end up getting a very fantastic, I believe it was a 4-2 victory to advance to the, the uh, Sweet 16, a place you have been before. Look, I, I know it's easy to give the political answer, but I have to ask the question. Not being a host site, being forced to go on the road despite being a top 10 team, that had to offer some fuel to you and your team's fire. Yeah, we definitely use it as motivation, a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. Uh, attitude. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's kind of been how we've uh, been the, the whole year in, in, a, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, we went up there on a mission. Uh, we definitely weren't uh, – uh, happy about not getting the host, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, one of our big mottos is control the things that you can control. Uh, we can't control the NCAA's decisions on who was supposed to in order to send everyone. Uh, obviously, we felt like we deserved it uh, being ranked 10 and seated 10, but 
Yeah, at the end of the day, it just came down to who was going to play better tennis that day, whether it was here in Aggieland, Northwestern, or wherever. So, um, yeah, we were fortunate to bounce back after uh, losing the doubles point there, and uh, we came out uh, pretty strong in, in uh, the singles. Mm-hmm. And for your team, talking about dropping that doubles point, it's always hard to win four singles matches, even that much more so when you're on the road in a second-round NCAA match. Now, I know your team has dropped some doubles points this year and bounced back before, but still, what do you tell the team? What's the atmosphere like after dropping the doubles point? How were you able to bounce back, find four singles win against an obviously deep Northwestern team? Yeah, no, as you said, it's very hard beating a, a good team uh, at their place after uh, you lose the doubles points. It is always tricky to find a four uh, singles points there. And, uh, yeah, you know, as I always tell uh, the girls, it's just one point out of seven, and uh, we each just take care of our own uh, courts. And, uh, yeah, you know, we before the match, you know, I believe I said some along the lines, uh, hey, we'll be in great shape if we win the doubles, but if we don't win the doubles, uh, will be just fine as as well, and uh, I think it really, uh, you know, we we also spoke after losing the doubles point, and we got to kind of set the tone early in the singles, so we can't feel sorry for ourselves and come out uh, fired up and and ready to go, and we kind of set the stage uh, for the most part in, in, in five of the six singles matches. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Again, it was a phenomenal performance, and I want to talk about all of those singles players uh, because, you know, up and down the lineup, I think the worst flight you guys have is 12-9 and nine at four singles, and like when you're over 500 in every flight, you're probably doing something right, but, you know, in doing my research for this podcast, I know, uh, and you're not the only former Aggie on the staff, Jordan Zasbo, former standout Aggie himself on the men's team, uh, part of your crew. Uh, you know, I know doubles is something you guys have worked on throughout the year, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are up to one just pure practice session a week where you're focusing just on the doubles. How important will that be, you know, heading into the round of 16, given how good all of these teams are? Yeah, if you look uh, at Florida State, who's the next in line, for us in the Sweet 16, they play very good doubles. They have uh, three nationally ranked doubles teams, so obviously going to have to come out and bring it at all uh, three positions there. Uh, you know, we actually, I can remember the, we actually played them at the kickoff second round last year, and yeah, if I remember correctly, I believe we had a point to win the doubles, a match point to win the Saudi match, and I believe it's something like really kind of fluky. <laughs> kind of, uh, I think it was one of those, like, the wind blew the ball back over the net or we touched that or something crazy had happened. So uh, we, we familiar with their doubles teams and we know they play good doubles and uh, you know, we made a good turn. We were really struggling in the doubles uh, there for a while. Uh, we, we had uh, lost two of our uh, really good doubles players uh, out uh, for the season. So we were kind of having to figure out the right teams and the right lineup. And then uh, once we kind of figured that out and got more stable with the lineup and then, we made a good turn maybe four or five weeks back and just kind of just got back to the basics of the doubles, just focus on, you know, serve return ball after just sharpening up those things and just, yeah, being a little more active at the net, you know, on the doubles, it's just such a crap shoot there. And sometimes we're in 15, 20 minutes and uh, you just got to do the little things well there. Who do you think gets more stressed during that doubles point? You or Jordan? Because I, <laughs> I've seen his face and I feel like that's the point he feels the most pride in. Uh, Jordan's probably a little more stressed than me. <laughs> a little bit more. I, I'm probably a little bit more, uh, I guess, on the stoic side of it. I keep my uh, emotions to myself, and that kind of comes back to my 
uh, playing days. I remember Bjorn Borg was kind of in Edberg, or they're kind of like some of my role models, and they really kind of just kept their emotions internally. And uh, yeah, it's the last thing you kind of want to do is get your players stressed out even more. But uh, yeah, Jordan's definitely the energetic, animated one. I'm probably a little bit more on the uh, reserve side, so we complement each other really well with that. No, that's good. I feel like by age, and I say this lovingly, you only poke fun at the people you love. Steve Denton might have been your role model. You might have watched him on the ones and twos back then. Him and, you know, Billie Jean King playing that mixed doubles final. Uh, I'm looking for the footage still, by the way. That's that's a story for another time. But, you know, looking at your team, and I'm going to throw in last year's record as well because you really bring back the same squad. You guys are, I believe, 34-11 and 11 now in your last 45 matches. That's about a 75% win percentage that's the same win percentage you had if you want to throw in the 2019 season as well you're into another round of 16 when you look at this group because you know I think there's only one freshman on your roster and you know people like Tatiana and you know just up and down the lineup whether it's JC Katya they've been there now for a little bit what has this group meant to Texas A&M women's tennis yeah, it's just been a really a, a great group. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate your stats there. Yeah, you're uh, keeping up with everybody. I'm impressed with that. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it's just part of it is just our culture here. We're just kind of a, just a really a hard-working group, and we set the standard high in the practices. And, uh, you know, we really do a good job with that. I think the team chemistry is uh, very good here. And uh, I really truly feel like every girl on our team's improved uh, every year. And that's just kind of our motto is to get better every day. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, a successful group that we've had and uh, we'll be losing Dorte and Riley, but uh, Tatiana, JC and Katia will all be back along with Renee McBride. That's our one, two, three, and five players right now and then we're bringing in four uh, excellent freshmen uh, next year so um, we're bringing in some really high quality players next year so if anything we feel like we can maintain our level or even possibly take it to another level there. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about the individuals but on this idea of the roster talent because certainly you look this year and you know I feel like under normal circumstances, and I say this lovingly, you look at your roster and you like, oh yeah, pencil them into the quarterfinals, and yet you have these super teams across the country, right? The obvious ones, North Carolina, Texas, UCLA, who brought back everyone, and it does feel like... You know, there will probably be a, a four-year window where the talent in women's college tennis is just extraordinary because all these players got an additional season. I know it's a broader topic, probably for another time, but I'm curious if you feel that way as well because I look at the talent. I feel like the, you know, the standard deviation between a round of 16 team normally and this year, it just you have to be a little bit better. Yeah, no, it was really an interesting year, and we didn't benefit at all from the fifth-year uh, super. <laughs> Uh, deal, uh, you know, we will benefit a little bit next year with Tatiana coming back for fifth year. Yeah, it was really unusual, and we, we had a couple of injuries that kind of uh, hurt us, and yeah, we basically, you know, played with six scholarship players for most of the season, When then we're going up against other teams that are maybe 10 or 12 girls are on uh, full scholarships there, so it was uh, it was definitely a unusual uh, kind of uh, change of the normal season there, and yeah, for whatever reasons, it maybe we benefited of just we kind of kept the six that played kind of played every match and you know was never really any worried about who was playing or who wasn't or lineup uh, position but definitely a kind of a peculiar year and as you said I think it was a very very strong uh, 
level of play with the season. And yeah, I think you've got a few teams at the top that are maybe somewhat separated, but it's very, very uh, competitive uh, year, no, no doubt about it, when you add in all the extra players this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of Tatiana, she's 25 and six overall this year, I believe 14 and four at the number one singles position. Uh, she's obviously had plenty of success early in her college career, but this year, you know, w- what, in your opinion, has helped her become one of the elite players in college tennis? Yeah, Tatiana has really had an amazing year. I, I don't believe she actually lost a, a conference match yet. One, uh, you know, some matches weren't maybe necessarily always completed, but no, ten and zero. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pr- pretty amazing, uh, really. Uh, you know, when you think back, that you know, she kind of played four or five or freshman year and kind of gradually worked her way up in the lineup. She's always had all the talent in the world. She's truly one of the best athletes that I've ever played here. I really think she's gotten more kind of discipline in the the points, how she plays out the points. Uh, she's got a lot of firepower. I think when she first came in, it was kind of more of, I got to hit a winner mentality. Whereas now she's kind of using her, she's a great mover. So she's using her legs more, staying in the points more and waiting for that right opportunity to pull the, trigger and uh, yeah she's definitely gotten better with her composure on the court and uh, yeah I think those are kind of the main reasons why she's uh, taking it to another level now and very possible she'll take it to another level next year if she keeps doing the right things so yeah. Absolutely. And again, to go 10-0 and in that SEC conference, that is no easy feat. And, you know, again, we could talk about all of the players. One of the spots that jumps out to me, 18-2 and at the number five singles position. And Renee McBride, the junior uh, in particular, is 10-1 and at that flight. And, you know, I think she's going to be there probably this weekend. Uh, again, to have, I know no, no coach is ever going to say, well, I'm drawn one up on the board. We're up 1-0. But essentially, you guys start every match up 1-0 because you're winning number five singles what does her performance that you know confidence you have at that spot do for everyone else yeah and just to kind of add on to the the statistics you just said there uh you know she's just i think she's clinched you know seven or eight matches there i think that's kind of given her a lot of confidence and you also gives our team a lot of confidence and uh yeah i think that's ultimately kind of what has raised uh, Renee's game and she's being more consistent on a day-to-day basis and uh, yeah just gaining that uh, confidence you know she's a tall girl almost six foot tall and moves extremely well and uh, you know she's getting more stable in the points uh, she's got some ability to hit some big winners and then she's really improved her forehand a lot she's always had a huge flat backhand but this the fact you got a six foot tall girl that can move as well as she does in it and she can play offense and defense it's a tough uh, matchup uh, you know playing it we, we've been able to keep her at five singles there uh, it, yes it's a tough matchup for a lot of people no absolutely and speaking of matchups you guys now have Florida State a team that knocked you off last year at the kickoff weekend now that was a lifetime ago right and <laughs> I still haven't forgiven Florida State for taking Julia Perone from my Wolverines and I'll save that for another time and um, so I feel your anger there I guess is what I'm trying to say but again you've seen this team you know how strong they are in singles in doubles what's it going to take from the Aggies to knock off the Seminoles on Sunday yeah, we'll definitely have to perform at a high level at all the positions. And, yeah, as you said, we played them actually at Florida State at last year and, you know, on their home courts. And, uh, yeah, in some ways it seems like ages ago. Some ways it seems like the other day uh, we definitely had our – yeah, things have changed in a year and four months. But, yeah, we had our chances in the 
doubles, and I believe we lost to four two. I think we were maybe up in that last match. So yeah, you know, it's a neutral side. Of course, things have changed, but we do know their players and their team and their level. And uh, you know, the nice thing is, I think we're as battle tested as any team in the nation as you know unfortunately the sec teams maybe didn't do quite as well in the tournament as we thought we would have but you know 13 teams made the tournament and you know we haven't played a good solid team in, in a long time that's all we're, we're used to so mm-hmm. no absolutely it's going to be very fun to watch well three rapid fires for you down the home stretch all fun uh the first one i've been told you are the neatest coach <laughs> in all of college tennis is that true or false uh, that is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> so so you were prepared for a pandemic. You've been scrubbing surfaces down for years. Yeah, nothing's really changed for me. <laughs> Any of those viewers out there that are familiar with the Monk TV show, uh, Tony Shalhoub, a <laughs> l- little bit of an OCD detective, he always would say it was a blessing and a curse. So that's kind of how it is. My uh, nine-year-old daughter has been a great uh, therapy for me. But, yes, yeah, so I'm a very – clean a person nothing really changed much for me during the pandemic so. mm-hmm. and happy belated birthday to natalie lynn of course <laughs> um my other you know again last two for you how good is that backhand because i've heard very good <laughs> my, well my backhand uh, yeah it's still pretty good as long as i don't have to move too much but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah pretty good backhand return but um yeah it, it's still there we still hit quite a bit with the girls jordan and i get out there and do a lot of private hits and as long as my body can hold up, uh, I still get out there a bit. So I'm getting, unfortunately closing in on 49 this August, but I still hang in there. <laughs> no, again, you, you don't look 49, um, but last one for you, you look 59. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just said, uh, no, my last one for you, because anyone who's coach played, obviously college tennis is in your bones. You love the sport. And so I have to ask as a coach, as a player, What's more stressful? Oh, I think a coach by quite a bit. (laughs) As a player, you don't really know what's kind of going on. Uh, It's just kind of doing your thing. Uh, Definitely far more uh, the coaching side. Definitely why I have a few less hairs on my head. Uh, (laughs) I think I've gotten better, as as you said, it's my 21st uh, season now uh, overall. If you add up all the volunteer assistant coach associate head coach head coaching years but uh yeah in some ways it gets easier in some ways it gets uh tougher so it just comes with the territory mm-hmm. no that's half the fun again as well the stresses and all that comes with it but again coach congratulations on a fantastic season so far good luck to you and the aggies as you head down to orlando you know hope you all clear all of your tests do what you got to do and i look forward to seeing you all compete Thank you very much. It was a great show. You did a great job there. Uh, Thank you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right. You too. Yep.